1: What's it like when one of your friends on death row is led away to the executed?
0: You have a prepaid call from... William A. Amira. An inmate at the California State Prison. And, in this call and your telephone number will be monitored and recorded. I had to be a different complete guy, which is a walk the walkways of St. Quentin Death Row without a gang, without a people around me. It was just me.
1: Soon after you went into to be on death row... Welcome to Death Row Diaries. I'm Matt Ralston.
0: And I'm William Nguera.
1: And Bill, this is, we're going to cover another psychopath or whatever the term is that you had the unfortunate circumstance of, uh, of knowing, correct? Yeah, we're doing this case
0: because one of our subscribers asked us to cover Skyler DeLeon, who's a former child actor. He was one of the Power Rangers, or at least one of the extras on the Power Rangers. So that's why we're doing this particular episode. And he's uh, an interesting psychopath because, as you and I discussed before this episode started, he's a creepy little, you know, for lack of a better word, a creepy little son of a bitch.
1: He's a total creep. He he's a little dude. He he's like a I know you use the term cockroach quite a bit, but that's what he reminds me of. Yeah, he's a
0: little guy with an Napoleon complex. You know, he likes to play the big bad marine, who according to him, he was a sniper with all these kills and stuff, and nothing could be further from the truth. He he, a from the Marine Corps. And he was given a less than honorable discharge. So, so much for the "I'm a sniper and I have 300 kills on my record." He's been lying from the moment he walked into prison or in jail. And uh, you know, I paid attention to him because of that reason. Because he was lying from the very beginning, and that's why he needed locked onto him.
1: Yeah, clearly a liar. Uh, Before we start, I would just like to, again, remind everyone to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Patreon at Death Row Diaries, which is the reason we're doing this episode. So his name isn't really Skyler DeLeon, is it?
0: No, it's not. He was born with the name John Jacobson, Jr. So you could tell, you know, he changed his name from the very beginning as a teenager or a young adult. And it kind of gives you a a peek in his psychology. He doesn't like who he is. He's never liked who he is. And that's how his life really started. You know, his father, you know, during his trial, he, he, his attorney put forward that his father was an abusive alcoholic and that, um, you know, he died of AIDS. But to really look at this guy, we have to look at this guy from a youngster. He's not a serial killer, but he is a psychopath and there is a difference between the two.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I I just I want to wring this guy's neck and there's only been a few cases where I I mean, obviously I I would prefer to kill all these people, but this is one that his attitude really pisses me off. Okay, go ahead. One, two, three. Yeah,
0: this guy really is one of those guys that he gets under your skin really quickly. He can play the docile, you know, guy who's just there because he's bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. The truth is, this guy's a killer, but he's a sneaky killer. He's not the kind of guy that will face you on a yard with a knife in his hand. He's not the guy that's going to rob you at point blank with a baseball bat. This guy is a little creep that does things when your back is turned. Or he employs thugs or help to take you down, and that's exactly what happened with this case right here. Which I is mean, the case if is Thomas
1: if, any- if if I can interrupt, because I'm sensing what I sensed, and obviously I didn't know the guy personally. Luckily, I'm sensing that you actually have like like some malice towards this guy because it's exactly what I'm thinking. Like he's just a little fucker.
0: Yeah, I mean, like I said, I knew the guy, and I saw his actions on Death Row. I spent nearly 40 years on California's Death Row at San Quentin Prison. And sometimes I pay attention to people for the obvious reasons, because they're extremely dangerous. This guy I paid attention to because his lies didn't match who he, what I was seeing. And yeah, uh, honestly, he's the kind of guy that I really don't like. He's not the kind of guy that's going to face you he's going to manipulate, he's going to get you in a position where someone else can harm you. And I just, for for me it's just not the kind of guy I want around me but you know we're covering his case uh, also because you know we're covering the case of the Hawks who were a couple who ended up at the short end of this guy's uh, I guess short range rifle because this guy um, both of Jackie and Thomas Hawk, who's a former probation officer and a bodybuilder, uh, and his wife, they put their 50 foot yachts, 50 foot, uh, 55 foot yacht, excuse me, for sale. The yacht was called Well Deserved. And these people worked very hard to have what they had. And this guy, DeLeon, saw the ad in the newspaper or in you know, some type of uh, personal ads, and he answered the, the call. And when he showed up uh, from what I understand Thomas Hawk who has an eye for creeps because he's a probation officer or a former probation officer he didn't like him and he didn't like the company they kept. DeLone showed up with two guys two accomplices and you know it took a while for the Hawks to kind of trust him. They didn't trust him from the very beginning. And um we learned that because one of DeLeon's crime partners turned on him and testified and gave us all this information. That's why we know and I know what happened the day that they met. But here is what I'm talking about when it comes to De Leon Matt, you know, instead of just being a straight up guy, he brings or he employs the help of his then pregnant wife who's nine months pregnant. And she comes with their small child to the boat. And she kind of bridges that gap between who they think De Leon is and the father of this child is gonna be born and the father of the child she's holding in her arms. And this softened both Jackie and Thomas Hawk's heart because the truth is, Matt, they were only selling this boat who they had sailed across the Pacific. They had sailed in this boat across the Sea of Cortez and they were selling it because one of their sons was going to have a child and they wanted to sell the boat. It was about $485,000 to buy a home close to the son to be with their grandchild. Thank you for using Global Tail Link.
1: Hey, Matt. Hey. Yeah, so I mean, I don't really want to hang out with a parole officer, but it doesn't matter. That's the whole point of America. And these people were were freedom. Well, <laughs> that sounded illiterate as hell, but they were exercising their freedom and there's something really beautiful. They were beautiful people and they were sailing around the world on a boat and there's something really, really great about that. And um, And this guy had to take it away basically.
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, I don't know if I, I want to hang our probation officers, or I probably didn't in the past. But this guy was a good guy. Yeah. You know, he's a bodybuilder, great shape. Him and his wife loved each other very much. And this guy basically did what most perpetrators do, or predators do: is they look for something, they find a way to get close, and they strike. With this guy, it really actually happened on November the fifteenth, two thousand four he convinced them to take the boat out for a run with him were his accomplices because his wife was an accomplice, but she was not on the boat when the murder actually took place. So the people who were on the boat were actually De Leon, the two Hawks, of course, Jackie and Thomas Hawk, uh, Alonzo Machen, who was one of his accomplices, and another guy named Kennedy. And look, they went out, and the boat is obviously a beautiful boat, a 55-foot yacht. And at some point, they initiate their plan. Their plan is to take the boat. But of course, in these situations, you just can't take the boat and leave the people alive because they're gonna testify, shoot, they're gonna contact law enforcement. So what De Leon do, And of course, he saw this guy's size. This guy, Thomas Hawk, is a well developed individual. He's strong, he's quick, he's athletic. And there's no way De Leon could have taken this guy down.
1: Well, and he has, he probably has a ton of experience. He probably has a ton of experience with creeps, too, right?
0: Well, I don't know Alonso personally because as I mentioned before, one of his accomplices turned on him and it was Alonso. Uh, This guy was actually a cop, a a correctional's officer that De Leon met while he was in jail. He
1: convinced
0: this guy to throw away his life to become a murderer, I have no idea, but he did do that. And the other guy was actually a former convict, a guy by the name of Kennedy he had ties to different gangs so when they took
1: so I'm, I'm wondering they
0: to initiate the plan
1: oh sorry go ahead go ahead sorry
0: so of, of course when the plan was initiated it wasn't De Leon who struck it was the other two guys they were the ones that initially struck and they both tackled Thomas Hawk and try to subdue him. De Leon, on the other
1: hand, subdued Jackie, which is the woman. So I'm wondering, and and this is maybe a little bit of an esoteric thing, but I'm buying a sailboat right now. If any listeners and Bill, once you get out, if you want to go sailing, I would welcome you to. Um, But there's a saying that... The two best days of your life are the, the day you buy a boat and the, uh, the day that you sell a boat, right? So I'm wondering if maybe they were willing to put aside a little bit of their scruples because they were, you know, um, motivated to sell the boat. So, like, usually I'm, I'm assuming these two people wouldn't deal with, you know, assholes like this. Yeah,
0: look, and, and I've, I've struggled over this thing when I start reading this case. If you have one guy and his wife come on your boat and they want to take it to, for a drive or for a, a spin, I have no problem with that. But I don't see how Thomas Hawk, being a former probation officer, a guy who's in the gym, maybe he allowed a little bit of his own ego to bolster his ability to defend his, you know, his castle. But if you took a look at De Leon he's co-defending Kennedy who's African American and Alonso there is no way in the world that even someone like me would bring those guys on my boat with my wife and take them out to sea it just doesn't happen
1: no I wouldn't let her on my boat either by the way the guy's name is John Fitzgerald Kennedy insert your joke there (laughs) right no
0: absolutely but yeah, I don't. I don't do it. I don't see what possessed him. And maybe it is that he was thinking of his grandchild who was going to be born, and that he wanted to sell the boat so he could move into a place close to his child and his his uh, grandchild. Well,
1: actually. I'm I'm assuming that so maybe that's that daily... maybe that. Yeah, and and also so if you sell the boat, you have to do what's called a sea trial. Sorry for the listeners. This is some nerd nerdy stuff, but you do have to take it out on the ocean, and and so I'm assuming that De DeLeon, you know, somehow convinced them that he had the, you know, the money to buy the boat, which obviously he didn't.
0: Well, yes, that's exactly right. I mean, that, that's one of the things that the Hawks talked about was, how could this guy afford this boat? It's four hundred eighty-five thousand dollars. That's a half a million dollars, and that's that's quite a bit of chunk change, especially in early two thousand four. Well, I'm sorry, latter part of two thousand four. But they went out, and when they actually assaulted Thomas Hawk, because he was the he was the dangerous one that they had to subdue in order to take over. They never intended to take the boats and just leave them alive. So what they did was they used a knife to menace him, stab him, and then they tied both him and his wife to the anchor. Uh And look, I don't know about you guys, but it just bugged me because you have two people who obviously are retiring. They're very much in love with each other and now they're being tied to to an anchor and then thrown overboard so as they went down, they're looking at each other as they're drowning. I mean, that's that struck me. Just it bothered me when I first
1: um, heard that. It bothers me too, and, and, so and I I feel as though it's ca- it's cowardly because you're on a boat, which is like a obviously like a, a very fixed amount of space. You know, like I'm pretty sure he wouldn't have done that if they were. On land, or if the, you know, if, if they were at a, uh, a bar or something, you know, it's it's like it sucks.
0: Yeah, it was obviously bad, and as I said, they never had the intention to let them live. So the boat returns to harbor, minus the hawks, and then that's when things start getting really kind of weird because. You know, that was the 15th, and a few, a week and a half, two weeks later, is when things started getting really out of hand. On November the 26th, an attempt was made to access the Hawks' bank accounts, Um, and of course, that drew the attention of
1: law enforcement. I'm going to let you go for a while, but to get this out of the way, this was not very well thought out. This was like the dumbest fucking crime of all time, right?
0: Yeah, this wasn't well thought out because how, well, they had a plan. It just wasn't a very good plan because, you know, a plan like this is only as strong as your weakest link and they had a huge weak link that opened the door and the floodgates to finding out what really happened to the Hawks. Mm
1: -hmm. Can you elaborate a little bit? Yeah, I sure can.
0: So obviously someone tried from Mexico to access the accounts. When the family was notified, meaning the Hawks family was notified, they filed a missing persons report in Carlsbad, California. Uh, So the police began to inquire as to where the couple is. Now these aren't the kind of couples that just disappear in some ways, but other ways they did disappear because for almost a two year span they were out to sea. So maybe they thought this happened. But what they come across is this kid, this piece of garbage. On November 29th, they interview Skyler DeLeon. And he has a story which really raises eyebrows. The story is that he actually bought the boats. And as proof, he shows a proof of purchase. It's a document that's notable has a notary public signature on it and stamp. And it really throws police for a loop because this guy seems to be the guy who bought it and everything is in order. You well, have to,
1: correct a, me if it, if I'm a notary getting, public If I'm getting ahead of myself here, maybe if they kept that document on the boat, that wouldn't, after the people aren't on the boat anymore, that would be pretty easy to forge, right? Well, he
0: told them that the last time he saw them, he doesn't doesn't know where they're at because he docked the boat, he paid them the $485,000, and the last time he saw them, they were in their car, headed away, and according to him, they were going to go to Mexico.
1: Well, how does it work with detectives? So if you have this creep, I mean, and I'm not being judgmental, but do they think that this... Idiot has half a million dollars in cash on him, or what?
0: Well, that's, that's part of it, but he had also a story for that. And here it is where you think, Jesus, the guy's not very bright. The story that he gives police is that, you know what? He intended to laundry money related to an armed burglary in 2002, which she had been convicted of.
1: Well, right there, the that red... He
0: immediately brought the police.
1: Yeah, the red flags are going up at that point. Jesus.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a very bad story. But unless you can prove otherwise, there's really nothing you can do about it. They have a notary public who signed it. And they interview the notary public, and she says, yeah, that's exactly what happened. Hawks signed. Well, here's where things start getting a little weird. If you look at the signature, Jackie Hawks doesn't sign it Hawks. She signs it Jackie Hawk. So obviously someone who is being forced to sign something is going to leave some type of trail, some kind of evidence if she can. I believe she was trying to notify people as she was doing so under duress so well, then, that's can, not can we, entirely an open shut case
1: alright so I mean I've had notaries come for you know various things and they seem to be pretty diligent like they just they get your ID whatever uh, I'm, I'm wondering how the situation would have went down then
0: well I mean it's, it's, it's a strange case, and one that when you want something and you're greedy, things are going to make sense to you. But as I mentioned before, DeLeon had a very weak link, and that was Alonzo Mention. And he's what makes the whole case come together for law enforcement, and I'll cover that when I get back. Hey, Matt.
1: Hey, man. Yeah, so um, before you elaborate, and so here, here's what I'm thinking they lived on the boat which is fine it's it's like a big ass boat um, but they were probably selling it themselves they didn't have a, a broker or anything and so they're at the mercy of any kind of like weirdo that wants to just like you know to buy the boat which usually I think Oftentimes that that might be screened out a little bit, like, "Hey, can I have a credit check?" You know, et cetera. But um, anyway, I, I'm just like picturing myself as like being in their position, and like a couple weirdos try and like come on the boat, and I'd, honestly, I honestly I would be like, "Hell no!" But as you said, you know, I, I, I don't know. I'm, sorry, I'm rambling. I, I'm just trying to wrap my head around it
0: it was a difficult case to figure out as to why Thomas Hawk would allow these guys in the boat but from what I understand and they are not here because obviously their bodies are never found so they were drowned in the deepest part of you know that
1: well he tied them he tied them to the anchor right or something like that
0: yeah and they were they were drowned that way and their bodies were never recovered so um We'll never know why Thomas Hawks actually allowed this to actually happen. I'm sure that when they attacked him, he was probably fighting for his life because it, his life was at stake. I think he fought probably more for his wife than anything else. So I'm sure he would have been a handful. But they subdued him. There's three guys there. And they they used the knife, as I said. And look, Nothing was coming through for law enforcement. They didn't understand what was going on. They had documents. They had a purchase of sale. It's really hard to point your finger at someone unless you have something. And that's when things got interesting. Alonzo mentioned actually confessed to the crimes. And that's how everything came together. As I mentioned, he was a former correctional officer that De Leon met while he was in jail.
1: Do you think they so were. Uh... He put the case. Do you think that maybe they had a sexual type of thing going on?
0: You know, anything is possible. I don't know that for a fact. I don't have any any evidence to prove that that was going on. But of course, this case is so interesting because of what happens later with De Leon. And we'll discuss that, but imagine put the case together for them. Subsequently, De Leon was arrested Kennedy was arrested. His wife, who uh, was arrested as well, and but basically these guys are all telling each other. You know, DeLeon at first says that he didn't do it, and then he basically cops to it during trial and says, "Look, I did do it." And he throws himself at the mercy of the trial jury in order to get a, a, le- a lesser sentence. But this is where things get really interesting. So listen to this. So while he's awaiting trial for murder, he's also charged with a murder
1: that happened in December of 2003 yeah. with a guy named Jarvie. Yeah, he. Uh, I'm so glad you brought that Jarvie, up. He had already murdered someone else.
0: He did. It was a guy who was on a work crew from jail with him, and he had a couple of $25,000 checks that De Leon wanted. So, long story short about like this case, De Leon slipped this guy's throat in Mexico, took his money, and deposited $21,000 in the couple's accounts because they were in debt, meaning hit De Leon. and he spent about $18,000 uh, at a boatyard buying equipment. So he already had a plan to steal this boat or to steal eight boats. So this is kind of his old fantasy. But it doesn't end there. Listen to this, Matt. So while he's in jail, he's also charged with soliciting another murder. So he supposedly hires an inmate to murder his own father and his cousin because they were witnesses to the murder of John Jarvie, the guy he stole $50,000 from.
1: Oh my God. So, I'm, I'm kind not,
0: of intricate web this guy weaves, right?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm actually laughing because it's it's so preposterous. He wants to, so and like, the, and then he no, no, it gets better. Okay, go ahead.
0: Well, it gets better. This is the part you're gonna love. So, in March uh, 13 of 2008, DeLeon, while in jail he partially severs his penis with a razor blade, he tries to cut his penis off, hmm. and he gets medical attention, and he goes back to the jail. But that is where the kind of the cards begin to fall. The the, 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 the apartment
1: building made in a card begins to fall. And... Um, All right, so it, I, 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 worse I, than this guy. I... I don't want us to get canceled here, but... Uh... This guy is a complete scumbag, so I think we can make fun of him, and hopefully, you know, no one gives a fuck. But, uh, so do you think this is not I, I, I guess we should we should say that he becomes a trans woman, or at least that's his. I, I don't know if he is or not, but he he didn't look like it. But um, so so that's his new thing, right?
0: Yes, he. He obviously gets sentenced to death by a judge in 2008 for the the three murders, the murders of the Hawks and of John Jardine, And he's sentenced to death and sent to San Quentin death row where I have the misfortune of running across this guy. Uh, And as I said, he was from the very get-go bragging about being a marine sniper with 300 kills. All bullshit. You know, come on, man. You know me well enough to know that if someone tells me a story, I'm going to confirm whether it's true or not. And I immediately found out he was a dropout. Well, brother, if, Corps, if,
1: if you he and I were. AWOL. Yeah, if we were hanging out, I guarantee you, if we were sitting at a bar having a beer and someone volunteered the information that they were a sniper that killed whatever, hundreds of people, I'd be like, well, that's bullshit. Like, that would that would be my default thing about that.
0: Yeah, and I don't like guys that sit there, you know, little guys in Napoleon complexes that brag about being servicemen who have 300 kills of enemy. It just didn't jive to me, and then I began to dig. I began to dig, dig from afar because he and I were not on the same yard, but I could see him very, he was a couple feet from the yard I was on. He was on a protective custody yard where I was on one of the normal death row yards. Mm -hmm. And he immediately began this story about being a Marine. When that one didn't catch, he began this transition to be a trans woman.
1: As someone who, like your bullshit detector based on, you know, your unfortunate life experience is is probably more so than anyone else. but So you immediately knew he was full of shit, I'm assuming.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, I'm not a sniper. I've never been a sniper. I'm not a serviceman. I've never served in the, in the armed Forces. But from age four, I've been hunting. And one of the things that I carried was different rifles, 30-06, 30-30 shotguns everything you can think of, I've shot. So I asked, as I said, he, we weren't in the same yard, but he was right next to my yard. And I was get interested to try and figure these people out. He's not a serial killer, which is my expertise, but he at least got under my radar. And I asked him a few questions about sniper rifles, bolt-action, semi-automatic. And one of the things that I ask people when they say they have hunted, they've done this is really, what kind of grain did you use for your rifle? Or how many grams? What kind of grain did you use? One hundred and fifty grain, one hundred and sixty grain. Most people that load their own shells or, or bullets know about
1: grams and grains. That means how many grains in each in each bullet. Well, I would I and wouldn't depending on the grain. I wouldn't be able to answer that, but I'm also not claiming to know about it. Yeah, it's, it, it deals with the
0: projectile. And a number of different things. So I asked specific questions about a 308, you know, the bolt action, how the lever worked. He couldn't answer it. It's like me asking you about a sailboat and asking, well, what is the sail made out of? And you don't know what it's made out of. Right. You see what I'm saying? So there's little things that people that do certain things know about that should know if someone told me they surfed and they told me they couldn't tell me what, what kind of boy was it an eagle tail was it a swallow tail was it a pintail, if they couldn't tell me I know he's was shit
1: oh dude I asked so, it. that's one of the things I've heard. I heard a, I heard a guy telling me that he surfed and and I said where do you surf and he said the beach and I was like this guy's never surfed
0: <laughs> right see
1: Yeah. exactly so there you go So, what this guy was that. And then he began to transition. He contacted the. Wait, wait, hold hold on. I'm sorry. We have to set this up a little bit. He began to transition um, uh, with his gender, right?
0: He did. And again, no one knew this at the time, but he contacted the mental health department. And that's one of the things the California Department of Corrections does, which, look, you guys can sue me if you like, but it's not going to get you anywhere. I just don't agree with it. If you are in prison and you decide to turn into a guy, a girl, whatever you turn into, I think you, you forfeit that right. And taxpayers shouldn't be forced to pay for this kind of stuff when in fact you've forfeited everything else Okay, so... Well,
1: what if, if, he, what if he did it before? They are paint what if, what if he did it before? Would you feel differently?
0: Well, if he did it before, I he's business he's a private citizen, he could do whatever he wants to, right? Mm-hmm. But once he becomes a prisoner, I believe the taxpayers are already burdened enough with feeding people in prison, myself included, taking, you know, it costs $107,000 a year to house someone in prison. That's a lot of money. That could be spent on children's educations. But now we're overburdening the system with paying for transgender operations. And there's a number of guys on death row who did it. They actually got their penises cut off. They turned into a trans woman and were sent to a woman's prison. So one of the things that Skyler De Leon, who's now his name, she's changed it again. It's now Skyler Preciosa.
1: Oh my God, he's precious, such a I mean, fucking asshole!
0: Precious or beautiful, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, it is. Anyways, he begins to take hormone, and he grows breasts. He grows his hair
1: long. He starts wearing makeup on the yard. He wears a dress to the yard. But so, he's did, telling everybody did you that did you witness gay. did you witness this personally? The transformation, or whatever you want to say about it.
0: Absolutely, he was a few feet from me every day in the yard. I'd see him. His hair began to grow. He began to grow breasts. Everything. His his features softened. There's a lot of a lot of hormones these guys are taking every day. A nurse comes to his cell. The mental health department comes to his cell. Gives him. He buys makeup. He buys all this stuff to transition into a woman. And another one, transgender woman that was on death row for murdering children. His name was Han and now it's Jessica Han. You figure, right? But he actually went through the whole operation and it's the bill is flipped by taxpayers. So once he did this, he told everybody that he was not interested in men, that he still loved women, so he was actually gay because if he was if he was a woman and he liked women, therefore he's a lesbian. I mean, think of, I mean, I'm, I'm putting you guys through some mental. It's, it's
1: actually it's a pretty. It, yeah. And I think, Bill, you know what side of mine. It is a pretty interesting philosophical thought exercise, isn't it?
0: You have 60 seconds remaining. Yeah, it is. It's something like Kate Jenner or Caitlyn Jenner did. He's, or she's a transgender woman who still likes women. So she says that she's actually gay so she is a lesbian because she's a woman and she's interested in women okay so wrap your head about that and when I call you back I'll, I'll finish up with <laughs> what I know about this
1: I'll, I'll also give you my thoughts once we wrap it up but alright I'll
0: talk to you in a second yeah. exactly he's transitioning I don't know if he's going to go with the rest of the surgery or the process because I left death row on February 22nd 2003 which was this year and not uh, at Corcoran State Prison which is a, a facility that's a level two I am at a medium security prison rather than a, a high security prison which is death row and so I don't know what the outcome was but while he was there I saw the transition I saw over time the enlargement of his breast, his
1: face softened. Well, did he got his really long hair? He wore makeup. Did his um, demeanor shift after that? Because I'm like, even if you or I were to shoot up estrogen, I'm assuming like maybe my mood would change.
0: Well, yeah, but he did begin to act. Well, I'm not sure if he began. He always acted a bit feminine to me, but now he was on full display. He pranced around the yard like. A young adolescent girl. He look. I'm not one of those guys. It, this. I'm not the. I'm like a bull in a china room when it comes to talking about this stuff. So I don't talk about it. It happens to be a case that one of our subscribers wants me to talk about. It, so here I am. So, but I'm not the most politically correct person. So no, I you're
1: you're and, just you're just describing because, your you know own I, experience. There's nothing politically incorrect about that whatsoever.
0: Yeah. Well, he prints. He you know, danced around the yard. It was just ridiculous. And then, like I said, I noticed that he starts making out with other guys in the yard. <laughs> so, man, I'm sitting there watching this stuff and a couple of guys just said, hey, man, take a look at that. I'm like, yeah, I don't want to look at that, but I see what it is. He's having these like oh, teenage frolics with guys in the yard. They're, they're out there kissing, they're holding hands. It would be up when the person that he is supposed or she is supposedly seeing stays inside. De Leon runs over to another guy and starts making out with him and stuff. It's just a really weird situation. Uh, it
1: is and really it weird. Take
0: long for. Go ahead. Go ahead, Matt. Uh, well,
1: it is weird. Um, and I know there's a lot of stereotypes about prison, you know, like. You know what they are. Um, so is this guy like, he's now like the hottest thing on the block type of thing?
0: Hey, I guess for that yard, hey, different strokes for different folks, but he was out there and it wasn't long until the sexual favors started happening. And you know, you don't have to be looking at him constantly watching him to see what happens in the yard. I can look at a yard for three seconds and tell you exactly what's going on out there. And pretty soon he starts, you know, giving favors to these guys, meaning oral copulating them and a bunch of other stuff, and sexual intercourse. And of course, the fights break out. And this is what drew my attention was because the, that guy's boyfriend—that's what you want to call him—he gets knocked out by another inmate who now is interested in De Leon. And of course, De loves this stuff because he's the center of attention. It's a really creepy situation. But if you guys wanted to know about this case, this is what I know about. This is what you're not going to get in the news is what I'm telling you right now. He wasn't still interested in women. He was interested in men. And on many occasions, I saw it firsthand, him out there performing all kinds of sexual acts on other guys. Oh, my God.
1: And, and so you were saying, because I, I did watch an interview with him, but so he's like a, a petite little guy, right?
0: Well, I mean, I don't know. He's kind of a chubby little... Well, I don't know. Right? You, you mean <laughs> he's, a, he's a chubby little girl. That's what he is now. <laughs> All right.
1: Um, so, I, I guess, Bill, I, maybe we touched on it, but I don't think that the taxpayers necessarily... Well, in fact, I'll just come out and say it. Fuck this. I don't want to pay taxes on this. I mean, if you want to transition in your personal life, to me that's okay, but you can tell that this is a manipulative person. So of course he's going to manipulate whatever he can, right?
0: Yeah, and I don't know that it. Changing into a woman is part of manipulation. Maybe that's who he is. But again, my problem is with taxpayers paying this type of money to have this type of surgery because of mental health reasons, and you know, the the LGBTQ people have now made this into a mental thing, which they were fighting for for years. Are saying that people that are that are transgender or people who are gay are not mental cases. We're perfectly normal people. We have different um, viewpoints, different taste Hey, great. But now in prison, they're using this as a mental uh, side of this thing, psychological, and they need psychiatrists, and all these things to make sure they really want to go through a transition, but the bill is flipped by the taxpayer. Anybody who said it's not is full of shit.
1: Yes, and agreeing with you, it's a logical fallacy. So if it's completely normal, okay, I'll buy that. But you're not going to get treatment that way. So if... I mean, this has never happened before in the history of the world, okay? So really nothing against the transgender community whatsoever. Please be yourself. I respect that. But when you're... You can't have it both ways, right? If if you're going to claim that this is a, a psychological problem, then you, you can't expect someone to treat it differently. Does that make sense?
0: Well, I absolutely but they can here's my position on it simple if you're a person man or woman and you are not comfortable with who you are I'm perfectly fine with that if you want to transition to a man or a woman if you have different uh, if, if you're just different you're queer you're gay it doesn't matter great fantastic you should be treated like everybody else you should be equally have every opportunity in the world I agree with all those things my catch is, once you a woman or a man or whatever you wanna become, fine, wait till you get out. I don't wanna pay for it, and I do pay taxes, so I don't wanna pay for someone changing gender in prison and expects the state of California to pay for those. It just, it, it's not gonna happen in my watch. I just don't like it, I don't want it, and I'm sure a lot of, a, a lot of the, the, our listeners probably agree with that. They agree with me that if a person wants to change, that's perfectly fine. You can be whoever you want to be. Fine. But when you forfeit your rights because you've committed a crime over whatever you've done, then you have to wait. You know, it, it's like me I would like to be an astronaut. They're not going to send me to the freaking moon tomorrow. I'm in prison. So, you know what I mean? And as far as identifying, I
1: identify with billionaires. My bank account hasn't grown either. Well, it it almost is like, like an indulgent thing. Like I, I've, I'm never going to go to prison. Knock on wood. I'm pretty sure I'm not, but you know, could I say, Hey, I'm a sailor. Buy me a fucking boat. I mean, it's, it's verging on that level of ridiculousness.
0: Exactly. And I just don't agree with it. So, Hey, assume if you want, I just don't think you're going to get anywhere with it. Um, Leone is a homicidal maniac. He's a pathological liar, and he's a psychopath. Now, I'm sure people are going to say, "Well, Bill, God, you're in prison for murder as well," and you, yeah, that's why I'm doing these broadcasts. This is my way
1: to pay. Well, to get, that, that's, that's I not. I believe I owe a debt. You're you're being humble, Bill. That's that's not even close to the same thing.
0: Well, I appreciate that, but. The truth of the matter is if someone's always gonna say that, and I, and I agree, but I'm not asking to be an astronaut and be sent to the moon. I'm not asking to be a sailor for the state to buy me a boat. I'm doing my time and do the best I can with it. This guy is just continuing to live a lie. And I'm watching him and I watched him and this is why I know more about these guys than anybody else does because I live with them. Scott DeLeon is a psychopath and he's got some serious issues. Well, I leave now the state of California He's actually, in some ways, uh, supporting his psychopathic thought
1: process. Well, and not to mention, I, I mean, I guess we have to mention now, even though we got to wrap it up, he probably wants to be sent to a women's prison, which you don't have to be a fucking uh, psychic to understand the, the issues that could come from that, do you?
0: Well, exactly. Well, there is, as I mentioned, another inmate named Han who actually did the complete surgery and became a trans woman, and he was sent or she was sent to a woman's prison, and that bill cost the state of California in upwards of
1: $250,000. Yeah, well, I, I don't know that, that case, but maybe like a serial rapist shouldn't be sent to a women's prison if they have a, if they enjoy raping women. I don't know. Seems pretty obvious to me.
0: Yeah, I don't know, but um, hey, there's people in, uh, in higher positions and more power than me that are making these decisions, and all I gotta say is, yeah, they're screwing up badly.
1: Yeah. Well, fuck that guy. I hate him. Um, sorry, that that might have been- uh one two three. Uh well yeah it's cool. Mm. telephone number will be
0: monitored and recorded.
1: Well it's an interesting story nonetheless. I hope it's monitored and uh we'll keep an eye on it. Until next time I've been Matt Ralston. And
0: I'm William McGarrett. Be safe. Be aware of your surroundings. Your life can depend on it. We'll see you next time. Nice. Hold on, let me set this Yeah, hold on. Let me uh